Do you remember Pearl Harbor? The fateful event on December 7, 1941, that catapulted America deep into the depths of World War II. This date, as President Roosevelt said, is, quote, a day which will live in infamy, end quote. For many Americans, Pearl Harbor was a wake-up call to the destruction that had been engulfing Europe and Asia for years beforehand. As this war raged on, many people turned a blind eye or simply ignored it because they, along with many other Americans, favored America's isolation for the Second World War. Elizabeth Liz Richardson did at first. In fact, she said this in one of her letters to a friend on September 19, 1939, quote, War is ineffective, a waste of manpower and what civilization we have, and, once more, the U.S. will be suckers if they enter it, end quote. Not many people would know Elizabeth, or Liz, as she was called by family and friends, when they first hear her name. I'll bet you didn't know her name. Would it surprise you to know that this 1940 Milwaukee Downer graduate was a member of the Red Cross and is one of only four women that is honorably buried at the Normandy American Cemetery? This cemetery holds over 9,000 men who died fighting in America's armed forces during World War II. Let's take a trip back in time to December 7, 1941, and follow Liz's journey through World War II. Yesterday... December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy. The United States of America was suddenly and deliberately attacked by naval and air forces of the Empire of Japan. After the Japanese bombed America's naval base, Pearl Harbor, Liz along with many other Americans, felt a change of heart regarding their thoughts on the war. Many people, both men and women, offered their services to their country almost immediately. Whether they entered the armed forces, worked in a munitions factory, or any number of jobs that were needed during the war. In early 1942, Liz, along with a few friends, moved into a small apartment in Milwaukee, and she had secured a job at Schuster's department store in advertising. The patriotic bug had bitten Liz, and she volunteered regularly at Milwaukee's USO Canteen, where she danced, talked with, and served food to servicemen on furlough. However, she soon grew very discontented with her advertising job at Schuster's, and sought to really help her country over there, as the popular song by George M. Cohan says. She really wanted to be overseas. This was escalated by the fact that Liz had many male friends that were in the armed forces stationed overseas by 1943, including her brother, who left that same year to join the Marines. With Liz's itch to really help her country in the biggest way she could, working as a volunteer hostess with the Milwaukee USO, quote, was an introduction to war work and to GIs, but not a sufficient remedy 
for her growing need to do something, end quote. She joined the American Red Cross on May 13, 1944. The Red Cross had a rigorous requirement for its applicants. They had to be college graduates, at least 25 years of age, and a personality that could withstand a stressful interview. Only one in six applicants were accepted, and Liz was accepted. She went through several weeks of exhausting training in Washington, D.C. before graduating on June 24, 1944. She promptly received news of her first assignment in England. She left for England on July 5, 1944, with 22 other women. She lamented in a letter back home, dated July 24, 1944, that she was safe in Britain and was enjoying London, as well as telling of the frequent fears of air raids, which were commonplace in England throughout the war when there was a constant fear of being bombed by the Axis powers. But this didn't, f- this didn't really frighten Liz, because she, along with many other Americans, had the mentality that we did it before during World War I, and we can do it again now as the popular song goes. We did it before and we can do it again and we will do it again. We got a heck of a job to do but you can bet it will see it through. Liz stayed in England for about one year and her job with the Red Cross overseas was as a morale booster as well as a reminder of the things back home in America that many of the boys dearly missed. She toured in a club mobile truck with a few other girls in the Red Cross to serve coffee, donuts, and some well-needed chatter to the GIs, or servicemen. Liz remarked that many of the boys hailed the Red Cross workers as if they held the title of Miss Popularity because they were so incredibly happy to see a girl from back home and be able to talk to her. Liz's friends also remarked that her bubbly personality and witty sense of humor made even the darkest of times seem bright while they were overseas. Liz once said in a letter to friend Betty Twining on September 4th, 1944, quote, I wouldn't trade this for anything else, and it has more satisfaction in the doing than anything Auntie has ever done, end quote. Liz's next assignment with the Red Cross was in France with the Club Mobile Tour, and she stayed there until July 25th, 1945. She changed just as many lives here as she did in England. With her determination to brighten the days of GIs, Liz became beloved by many. On July 25, 1945, Liz boarded a two-person plane, just her and the pilot, to fly to Paris to then be flown to Germany for her next assignment. Unfortunately, there was a dense fog, and when the pilot lowered altitude in order to procure clearer vision, the plane crashed, and they both died instantly. Liz was only 27 years old. Well, we've reached the end of our journey, an unfortunately quite somber ending. World War II was the collective effort of so many individuals, both military and civilian, that did so many jobs that don't have enough light shed upon them. I think that Liz, and many people like her that worked in the Red Cross, or maybe as a nurse, are not remembered as often as they should be, compared to the men who served in the armed forces. This does not mean that these men are not important or don't deserve the praise they receive, but rather that we should try to remember other jobs and the people who did them and recognize their significance to the war effort. Liz's body is buried among thousands of other men and only three other women at Normandy American Cemetery. Please, I implore you, 
It is time to remember Liz, a potentially overlooked yet vital part of World War II, just as we remember Pearl Harbor. I would like to thank Gretchen Revy, Aaron Dix, Andrew McSorley, Arno Damaro, David Burke, the Lawrence University Archives, the Lawrence University Library, and Professor Bridget Vance for their continued support and help on this project. The music that I use for this podcast can all be found on Spotify, and they are in order of appearance. Over There by Glenn Miller and the Army Air Force Band, We Did It Before by The Four Sergeants, and Remember Pearl Harbor by Sammy Kay and his orchestra.